Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. Happy New Week, folks. If you looked around, a lot of things happened in Nerd News. We have a lot to get to in today's show. But before I hop into that, Victoria, how are you doing? You good? I'm doing all right. How are you doing this week? I'm doing quite all right. But like I said, I've got a bit of news to hop into this week, so we won't get too much time on the intro and dive right in. Perhaps the biggest mainstream news this week was the long-awaited announcement of the PlayStation 5's price points and release date. I believe it was this past Wednesday, actually, when months' worth of rumors were finally put to rest as Sony announced that the PS5 would have an official launch date of November 12th and would cost $500 or $400 for the digital version, respectively. It's also being reported that premium games will cost upwards of $70 a pop, while others will cost more so around $50. Instantly, Millions of fans started to head to our many, many corporate overlords to try and make their pre-orders, sometimes experiencing the pain of watching the highly coveted gaming system sell out within minutes. As in, they would order it, do all the work they had to do to finally find somebody had it available, put it in a shopping cart, pit, buy, and it's gone. But to meet the demand, Sony has said that there will even be more PS5 units ready to go at launch than there were for the PS4, which, for the record, sold 2.1 million units worldwide after just two weeks back in 2013. Along with the launch news, though, we got updates from some major games, such as movie-like footage from the new Miles Morales game that makes all seem right in the world, and I can't wait to go ahead and get my hands on that. But we also got some news that fans have mixed feelings about, but we'll get to that later. Before we dive into that, though, Victoria, do you have, any, do you have your eyes on any PS5 news this week? Is there anything you're looking forward to getting one day down the road when you have free time to play games? I am not... A PlayStation girl. I am a Xbox girl for life. Okay. So this has not. I have not had that kind of roller coaster of like, oh, I got it. Wait, it's sold out. But I do feel that and appreciate that. I do think that the price point is fairly decent. I mean, I don't think anybody really has five hundred dollars to wave around right now. Thank you, twenty twenty. But as as consoles go, that's not something that is insanely out of reach. Um, and I know that a lot of people kind of save up for these types of releases, right? So I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the relative affordability of the console. Um, that game's price is still a little steep, but I understand it. I mean, a lot goes into game design, and especially with all of the new features the PS5 is offering as far as virtual reality and their, like, controllers being able to do, like, fancy stuff. Like, I I totally get where that price is coming from on the game side. I'm sure it'll be great. I have some friends who I'm sure will get it, and I'll be able to go over and watch them play games, which is how I enjoy PS5, because... PlayStation in general, because just like the controllers and it's just different and it's like how I appreciate when other people have Macs and I'm like, oh, I see how that works for you and I'm glad that you can enjoy that. I'll just watch because if I touch that keyboard, I'm going to get insanely frustrated. So, you know. Well, I'll thank you and I appreciate your support of like our collective joy, <laughs> at least part while it's fun at least. For me, actually, I've been able to do the same thing because... 
I accepted early on once they announced the launch date and the pre-orders were available. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to join this Mad Dash this quickly. Give me like a month or so to actually like take my time and like get my money right so I can like pay for it in cash versus using yep. my credit card for it. <laughs> because again, no shade to anybody doing that at all. Like your priorities are what they are. Like I respect that. But I was watching so many of my friends like spend two days just trying to get their hands on one with no result at all. And I'm like, from the outside looking in, I'm like, huh, I'm glad I don't got to do that right now. Like, I may not get a PS5 on November 12th or 13th of that first week, but I hope I can get one like in that first month or so and still have the same amount of fun with it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. But I am definitely excited. Like I'm already doing math in my head of like how much money I'm going to drop because <laughs> there's so many games that I right? want. Like the game system itself, again, there have been more expensive game systems. I think the PS3 actually cost more, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, way, way back when. Not the cheapest thing in the world, but you also need games to be able to play. You can't just buy the mm-hmm. games and not have anything. So, like, games that I'm definitely planning to get as soon as I possibly can would include the new Spider-Man Miles Morales, which looked beautiful in this gameplay which we got this week with Miles say, trying to prevent this robbery on a bridge and, like, saving everybody while, like, like, falling off of it and fighting the bad guys. Like, it's... Like, I can see Miles Morales. I still can't kind of get over that. Um, on top of that, also, I'm really big into sports video games. I'm going to definitely get my hands on FIFA 21 because my favorite player, Kelly Mbappe, is on the cover. So I can't wait to play with that. Um, NBA 2K21, like, my friends are already playing that now. So I'm just waiting to get the bugs out because there are always bugs when that game first drops. And also, because I haven't, I stepped away from gaming for a while, I have not played NFL Madden since GameCube days. <laughs> and that's something that I cannot wait to dive into. That will probably become, like, my number one played game in the world because I love football. And, like, I haven't done this for over a decade now. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> Absolutely. And something you mentioned that I think we should, I feel like it has been generally normalized, but I feel like we should actively normalize gaming as a form of self-care. Uh, obviously, it can go too far, but I mean, I feel like when we were growing up, it was like, uh, you're going to sit in front of that PlayStation or that Xbox for so long. And it was it was very like, if you played games over a certain amount, that was a bad thing and it had all of these implications on like the type of person that you were and like your work ethic and if you were going to succeed in life and while I feel like in general society is going to done a good job of normalizing that I think especially in this pandemic we should actively normalize that gaming is a form of self-care everything in moderation except for moderation like do you. If you need to, you know, go out and get a new console and that is what is going to help you get through these crazy times, do it. Do it. Like, you are important. Do what you need to do. I could not second that more. Gaming is definitely a form of self-care. It's something that you're doing for yourself after one of the longest years in human history. (laughs) Make yourself feel better and maintain. Absolutely go for that for sure. I stand by that. But with that, it's time to dive into our next segment, which is even more PS5 news. And just a fair warning here, I think I have a pretty good tab in our audience and how things align with that. But this segment is going to get somewhat political because I'm not one of those people that believes we can separate politics from real life. And those will cross over from time to time on this show. So if you don't feel like hearing that, feel free to like skip ahead eight to nine minutes or so ahead in the podcast or whatever. But like otherwise, it's oh, no, I'm going to be political today, too. <laughs> Okay, so never mind. You may be checking out. This may be your last segment. Anyways, I hope it's not. I hope you stick around for the ride and enjoy the show. Because then let us hit us up in our comments and everything. If you want to talk about it more. Um, all right, so 
After a lot of speculation and rumors, it was announced that an open-world action-based RPG set in the Harry Potter universe called Hogwarts Legacy will also be hitting shelves and available on PS5, Xbox Series X and Series S, and PC. As an avid Harry Potter fan for a majority of my life at this point, you'd think this would be some of the most exciting news of the week. It allows uh, myself and many of you as well to an find another opportunity to dive into a world that we've known for decades now, revisited countless times in different formats and forms of media, and devoted hours upon hours to because we do truly love it that much. However, if you haven't lived under a rock, many fans are conflicted after J.K. Rowling has spent much of her post-Potter years espousing very concerning views against members of the transgender community and their allies. I won't go too far into detail for the sake of sparing us even more frustration if you've been aware of these things over recent years. But for the sake of context, JK's honestly become one of the most recognizable faces of the mainstream anti-trans movement. She even recently published a new book in her crime series under a different pseudonym where the antagonist portrays the very, very problematic stereotype that trans women are actually cisgender men who want to prey on cisgender women. Rowling's views have gotten so out of hand that many of the actors that play her characters in the films have had to come out in support of the trans community and distance themselves from Rowling, who created the entire universe to begin with, including Daniel Radcliffe, who, you, if you recall, released an amazing statement through the Trevor Project. Then we also include Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, many other supporting characters from the original Harry Potter universe, and also Eddie Redmayne, who played New Scarmander in the Fantastic Beasts series, which is still ongoing, by the way. Now, this presents quite the conflict for fans who have dreamed of an open-world Harry Potter game for years and really get to enjoy that experience and dive into that world, but know that they also know that buying this game might end up paying someone millions and millions of dollars, potentially, who holds such harmful views for the global platform just to share them even more and have even more influence. Victoria, do you mind taking a second to explain what your current, where you stand right now with the J.K. Rowling support slash Harry Potter fandom and how that complicated relationship works out? I am in the camp where I grew up absolutely loving Harry Potter. I grew up kind of about the same, this sounds weird, um, but I feel like there are millions of people around the world who understand what I mean, where you grew up like the same age as Harry, like as the books were coming out and like as he was aging in the books, you were around that same age. So, like, book seven came out a couple of months before I went to college at 17, and it was, you know, like, it just kind of fit. I am now in that place where, like, I have... So, Hogwarts Mystery, I think, is the... the um, Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery is the app that... It's like, it's like the Pokemon Go kind of thing. Um, oh, there's another one that's like that, too. There's so much Harry Potter stuff. But I guess my point is I'm in the place where I still have it downloaded on my phone, but I haven't opened it, and I can't get myself to open it, and I'm kind of in that middle of, like, I, I, I love this story, and I want to play, so I keep it on my phone, but it just feels kind of dirty right now. And and not just right now, I should say. I was trying to find the exact tweet, um, and I can't find it, but one of my favorite live play TTRPG streamers, Sam DeLev, is, is both trans and uses a wheelchair. 
And one of the tweets that they had put out at the very beginning of this, which is part of the reason why I can't find the tweet, because it's from five years ago back in June. Um, (laughs) But one of the things that they said that really opened my eyes and made me reevaluate my entire relationship with HP in general and the world in general was they were talking about, look, even before this came out about J.K. Rowling in particular, Hogwarts wasn't really a diverse place. Like, for for Sam, as a person who uses a wheelchair, like, they were talking about, I remember them specifically talking about how everyone was so excited about how the staircases moved and like how cool that was. And they were like, well, I don't use stairs, so guess I can't go to this school. And it's things like that, that now I just kind of reevaluate. And every time, so this trailer came out and in one way, I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. And in another way, it's like, well, where is the accessibility to any of this? Like, and that just brings up the, oh, well, it's a magic world, so you can just do it anyway. Well, that kind of makes all of those neurodiversity, um, physical diversity, all of those things then become things that need to be fixed by magic. And I have a huge problem with that. So, sorry, that got real deep real quick. Oh, no, it's a deep (laughs) conversation that needs to be had. I appreciate that for sure. No, but... Just to go ahead and be like point blank, we here this week in Nerd News support the trans community. And that by extension, that also goes out to the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. First and foremost, that's how we feel. That's where we stand. We feel that people should be allowed to live their lives happily without prosecution and judgment, harassment, and all the many things that affect that community. That's what makes this situation so complicated because, again, as many of us, like I feel like everyone that's on Black Nerd Problems, we know our Harry Potter house. Even a handful of us that have not engaged with Harry Potter content over the years somehow, for whatever reason, we still know that because it's just part of our vernacular conversation so often that we care about this, right? And that leaves you with a situation where, like, this is, like I said earlier, something we've always wanted and dreamed of, even if we didn't realize we did actively. And that's the case for many, many fans. So they try to come up with their own different solutions. Like, for example, some people suggested that if you are going to buy the game for reasons because you definitely want this and this experience you want to have in your life, perhaps you could donate that same amount of money to a pro-trans organization make sure that you're supporting that community. And that's one idea people have. Another idea that people have was, if you can, be patient and buy the game secondhand from, after someone else uses it so that your dollars in particular do not go straight in J.K. Rowling's hands because it's her intellectual property. But... I would say this is complex because I think this is a very personal decision on how you want to support this because while personally I have very complex feelings about trying to separate art from the artist and stuff like that, like there have been acts in the past who have come into public scrutiny for very concerning problematic views where I've just completely X'd them and all their content from my life no matter how amazing it is. And that's one way that you could take. But there are also other people who try and find loopholes that they can be comfortable with. And like I feel like as long as you're keeping in mind that there's a population here that J.K. Rowling's views and leg- and perspective harms, and you're trying to work against that, you can come to your own personal decision on like where you fall on that spectrum. And I think it also goes very far to say that Warner Brothers and the game studio that came out with this game have had to come out on multiple occasions and say, yeah, J.K. Rowling had very little involvement with this game. Like, this was mostly us. Like, they make it kind of sound like all she really did was, like, 
ask for a check and say, hey, here are my ideas. Go do what you want to do. And if that's something you want to take solace in as a fan of this as well and say, hey, I'm supporting the people for the game, not J.K. Rowling. I'm not one to sit here and tell you that's something you should or should not do. Just I feel like this is a situation that we all need to come to. And also, like, Harry Potter content is not going away anytime soon. Like, this is our Star Wars. Star Wars is still making content 30, 40 years later. I would not be surprised if, like, 20 years from now we get a whole Harry Potter remake with different people and everything retelling the story. Like, it's not going anywhere for a while. So these are likely things we'll have to deal with for quite a while. So I think we just need to figure out where we each individually feel comfortable when it comes to engaging with this content. Well, and I think that there is a very kind of tangible way that we can separate art from artists and that we can support fan fiction. We can support those kind of like things that are on the fringes right now that are our cosplayers of color and, um, that are people making HP inspired things that aren't quite HP. Like we can, we can do all of those things and we can, we can actually separate that, I think in a more tangible way than, than people really realize. And that's definitely something you can also do. So with that, take a quick breather. We're going to take a short break and everything like reassess and come back and we'll see you all in a few seconds. All right, so let's come back in with a little bit of a break. I, As I promised, I will get political later. But before that, there's baking news. So excited. So Great British Bake Off Series 11 is back. I'm so excited. Get hyped. It premieres September 22nd on Channel 4. So if you are in a place where you get Channel 4, you get it on the 22nd. If you are stuck in whatever America is right now, it will be out on Netflix on September 25th. And then we'll be premiering weekly going forward. They, <laughs> There are some changes. They did, in fact, film this series slash season in a coronavirus bubble. <laughs> Which is entertaining to me. I just picture it like a dome over the baking tent. Obviously, it's not a real bubble, but that image, it, it's like a Great British Bake Off snow globe in my head, and I really enjoy that imagery. There will also be a new host. So, Sandy, I always get her last name wrong. Sandy Tox, Toxfog? Something like that has been she's amazing and a great comedian i'm not quite sure why she's not back this series but matt lucas will be back in her place matt lucas is from the british sketch show little britain i haven't seen i've seen clips here and there kind of the way that you do with sketch shows on youtube but i haven't ever actually watched it so we'll see um it sounds like matt and noel Noel Fielding, who's the other host, already kind of know each other and have worked together before, so hopefully their chemistry will be really good. I will miss Sandy very much, but I am very excited that we are able to once again find goodness in baked goods. As per usual, their cast is fairly diverse, which always makes me very happy because it brings in a lot of cultural diversity to the bakes, which is awesome. Hooray! So, 
Yay, food. How do you feel about baked goods? <laughs> oh, I feel the only way that you can feel about baked goods is that they're like awesome and heavenly and they're always good in the world. Um, so yeah, but I will say this is interesting to me because it's odd. You don't realize just how much of the world COVID-19 is impacted. Like in my, from my perspective, it's like we didn't have sports for a few months, but then the NBA came back and did things pretty well, actually. Baseball somehow survives. It's a miracle. <laughs> By the way, shout out to the White Sox. Go White Sox, go. And like NFL is not coming back, and I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop with that situation. But we do have sports again, right? And Hollywood has been in a freeze. We talked about that in the extent in the show. But I didn't quite think about things like the Great British Breakoff and like Survivor isn't happening any right now and stuff like that. But I've come to a door that have become like markers on the calendar of my life for a while now. So I'm glad that we're adapting at this point and finding ways to return some of these things that we love and enjoy. So hopefully, a lot of people are very excited about this news. Definitely. Okay, and so that brings us to our big ticket item, which for this week is the Solution Committee. So political, but hopefully positive political? I hope so. So Jaden Smith is is an odd egg, but in a very, very good and positive way. So Jaden Smith has been on that social justice life for forever. One of the things I, it feels like forever ago because time has no meaning, but last year around this time, his restaurant went live, it was restaurant, food truck, like a restaurant, it's a moving restaurant, but his food truck went live um, and it is called the I Love You Restaurant. The thing about this food truck is that it specifically caters to low-income folks and folks who are experiencing homelessness and has kind of a pay-as-you-go method. If you can't pay, you can't pay. If you can, you pay what you can. There are no specific prices. And all of the food is vegan. So this was one of the things that Jaden really wanted to promote with this food truck is that um, healthy food is a human right. Right, so this whole kind of Beyoncefication of let me show you how beautiful these thousand dollar grapes are. I'm just making that up, but this idea of like vegan, right? This idea of like vegan food is what you should be doing. How how can you not be wanting to protect our environment? But at the same time, none of this is accessible financially to nine-tenths of the population. And so that's kind of where I started noticing really Jaden's social justice. And now he's come back with the social committee, or sorry, the solution committee, which is an eight-episode series on Snapchat, of all places, which is, I think, an interesting but good choice, right? If you're if you want to change the next kind of generation who can actually vote for things, who can, like, don't waste time trying to change the minds of people who have been in the same place for 40 years, right? Use that energy, use that momentum to speak with people who haven't made up their mind yet, who are just coming into the voting sphere. And I think that Snapchat is probably a good way to do that. And so it's an eight-episode series. He'll be talking to all sorts of people, celebrities, activists, people on the ground, about a wide range of social justice 
topics like criminal justice reform, climate change, housing, things like that. So I think it will be interesting. I don't have Snapchat, but maybe I'll get Snapchat for this. I don't know. Uh, It premieres on September 21st, which is actually the day before National Voter Registration Day. So just the layers, again, the layers of social justice. It will also have the swipe up feature, which means that as you're watching the video, you can swipe up and immediately be taken to the voter registration page, which I think is amazing and awesome. So here's to Jaden Smith being a a wacky, wonderful social justice warrior. One of the most important things about political movement is to activate people who were not active before. And I think this, especially in general, it's important, but especially during an election year, one thing that you want to do is mobilize young voters who have not voted before because I don't think, I mean, to be totally honest, like if you look at the numbers, people who are most politically active tend to skew older like as far as like later in life and everything. And as a result of that, our country's political system prioritizes their views and opinions over younger people. So I think this is a great way to get more of that say in involved in everything. It's just kind of a continuation of the good work that Jaden has already done up to this point. It being on Snapchat makes sense to me. I hear the kids like Snapchat and that's where they are and everything. I am not on Snapchat as very often because I indeed am not a kid. I am almost <laughs> 30. So I, it just doesn't quite work for me that way. But I get the, I get the appeal. I hear their TV shows on there now and everything. Like you build it and they will come especially if you build it right where they already live. So that's kind of the way I look at that situation. Um, this sounds like a great idea, a no-brainer. Like, he's the right person to have this going because he is from that demographic or at least very in tune with that demographic. And Snapchat is as well. And this is just continuing the work that he's already done up to this point. Definitely. And that brings us to our lightning rounds. Because as fast as we speak, we can never, ever, ever get through everything that happens in the week. So here are a few of the things that we weren't able to talk about in depth. Mandalorian Season 2 trailer dropped. It looks epic. It looks amazing. I'm not through Season 1, but I need to catch up because Season 2 is dropping on October 30th on Disney+, and it's probably going to be banging. In not-so-great Star Wars-adjacent news, John Boyega was disrespected, again, by China, again. So, uh, John Boyega was the global brand ambassador for Joe Malone, which is a fragrance out of London, and put together, directed, starred in, used his own personal experiences and his own family and footage with his family for an absolutely beautiful ad campaign for Joe Malone. And the Chinese market decided, mmm, black people, and replaced all of it with Chinese actors. Not a good look. John Boyega deserves better. Moving on. Um, the song Exploder will be premiering on Netflix on October 2nd, and it will be dissecting really important, moving, famous songs with their artists, what the artists were thinking, what uh, inspired them, things like that, and it looks like it will be good. And then, to bring it down a little bit, but also to bring it back into the real world, 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away yesterday. Um, she was an amazing woman, an amazing activist, an amazing pillar for what we want America to be, what we say America is, and losing her is a huge blow to anyone in any marginalized community, any American, anyone who believes in democracy, um, go vote. I don't care what your politics are. Your voice deserves to be heard, and that is part of America. Go vote. And with that, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. And I'm your host, Keith Ree Cleveland. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.